In the prayers and the readings for today's Holy Mass, there's a word that comes up in a variety of places, and it is that of joy. The opening collect of Mass, the, the opening prayer, uh, prays that the, the, the faithful will be filled with a holy joy. The responsorial psalm speaks of us crying out to God with joy. And even the Lord himself in the gospel speaks of the joy that is found when one realizes one's name is written in heaven, not simply because of the deeds of the things that happen here on earth. It is this call of joy that is written into the human heart. We long for it, and when we do not have it, we anticipate it, we expect it, or we get frustrated that it is not present for us. Discontentment arises. We were made for joy. We were made for that profound spiritual happiness of soul, not just a temporary happiness of the body, but that, that deeper meaning, that deeper sense of resting in God, the joy of abiding in God. The manner in which this is attained for us is given to us in the Scriptures today, the means by which we are able to attain joy. And, but the world, the world would understand it as, uh, as mixed up, as, as wrong. But for us who have the mind of Christ, if indeed we do have the mind of Christ, it makes sense for us. And they are the words of St. Paul. How we ought to find joy is, as he tells the Galatians, I bear the marks of Jesus in my body. I bear the marks of Jesus in my body. Now, some would suggest or, or wonder if perhaps St. Paul had the stigmata, if he had the literal marks of Jesus in his flesh. And certainly we can seemingly quickly dismiss that, uh, as certainly that would have come up. Uh, if he had had the actual stigmata, if he had had the wounds of Christ in his hands, his feet, his side, and his head, then it would have been written somewhere in one of the letters. Someone would have challenged him. Someone would have asked about it. Someone would have kind of uh, at least raised the question. But it is not there included. In fact, the first time we see that stigmata happens in the life of the church, where someone experiences the physical wounds of the crucifixion, the first recorded in incident of that is St. Francis of Assisi. And he was often referred to as the second Christ because of having the wounds. If Paul had them, he'd be referred to as the third Christ. Simple reality. So if it's not the, it's not the stigmata that Paul bears. What is it that he bears as the wounds of Jesus that are born in his body? We could speak of them in, in a few ways. One of it certainly is the physical wounds upon the flesh of our great saint, the great apostle to the Gentiles. It's Paul who bore great sufferings for the sake of our Lord and for the spreading of the gospel. It's Paul who accounts these things, how, how he went forth and he received thrice the, the, the lash, the, the strike of the, of the whip that was born 39 times because it was understood that 40 times would kill a man. So in mercy, they would only strike you 39 times. But they spread it out indeed, so he received it three separate occasions. He was also stoned. He also experienced various other sufferings. He bore these wounds upon his very flesh, the scars that certainly would have reminded him of his own past, of these stories, of what he has done for the love of Jesus. Indeed, all of us who have scars can remember the stories, typically. I reflect upon that by looking at my own hand. I recognize several things from partly the foolish of my own youth. 
When I was, as a child, I was, I was trying to cut a log one day, and I, I was holding it very, very closely, and it was one of those nice big, big tooth saws, and uh, I was sawing and hit a little knot, and next thing I know, I wasn't sawing wood, I was sawing me, and I have a scar to prove it. Another time was I was, I was 16, and, and I was, uh, I was, it was at high school, and one of my friends had gotten a flat tire, and so a couple of us, we had gotten together and jacked the car up to be able to change the tire, and everything was going well until we realized the, the jack wasn't exactly steady, and we didn't have it centered, uh, centered just right, and the car began to shift. And I, thinking I'm Superman because I'm 16 and bulletproof, uh, tried to, to hold the car in place as if I could do such a thing. And the car inevitably fell, cutting my hand, and thus leaving scars. And whenever I look at these things, I'm reminded of that. I can tell you what the log looked like. I see it in my mind. The car, the where we were in the parking lot, all these things are vivid images put into my mind simply because there's a connection also in my flesh. It imprinted itself upon me, and something changed, even if only in a small way. And when St. Paul was looking at his own flesh, he certainly would have known the same. Looking at his arms, at his chest, at his legs, seeing his hands that had labored for the gospel, but seeing the places where the stones had cut him, maybe bones had been broken. Certainly the whip of the lash had left a stripe or two. These places where Paul, looking at his own flesh, was able to see the marks of Jesus on his own body. It's a powerful thing. But the reality is, the most grievous marks are not those of the flesh, but they are that of the Spirit. Our blessed Lord tells us that himself in visions where he's, where he's spoken to, uh, to saints throughout the history of the church. On several occasions, he had pointed to the fact that his physical sufferings were not the most painful ones in the crucifixion. It was the spiritual ones. It was not the nails or the cross or the scourge that was the most physically painful thing to him. The thing that grieved him most, the thing that wounded him most, was the weight of sin upon his soul, to feel the, the, the pain of death of so many individuals upon himself, the consequences of sin. It was that invisible reality that was even more deeply impressed upon the heart of Jesus, even more a source of pain and suffering for him than the physical ones. And so also we could point to this and see that this would have been the same for St. Paul. St. Paul in his writings in numerous places as he's going, you remember he's go, he goes, he's, he's three separate pilgrimages, you know, in a sense, uh, missions where he goes out and he goes from place to place to place over and again, kind of moving, moving all over. And sometimes he visits a place multiple times, sometimes only once, but he founds these communities and he invests himself in them. He doesn't just come by and he, you know, has a, a sea of faces at Galatia and, oh, General Thessalonians, you know, whoever you are, you know, I, I remember I was there, you know. These are particular people that he knew. They were imprinted on his heart, that he carried with him along the rest of the way, that in the midst of his sufferings, he was bearing the sufferings for them, so that whenever there were individuals who fell away from Jesus, who fell away from the church, he knew them by name, and he was grieved for them. He was grieved for, for how they had fallen away, how they had lost him. There was sadness in the heart of Paul. The physical sufferings, or nothing compared to seeing one of his own little ones, whom, as he himself describes, that he gave birth to in the faith, speaking of labor pains, of his sufferings. In these manners, 
Paul had a very serious wounds in his heart as well, not simply on his flesh. And these he bore continuously for the sake of Jesus. These two we can certainly count as the marks of Jesus upon St. Paul. It's these things that our Lord invites us to experience as well. This wounds, the sufferings, and not to give up upon them. The fact is that whenever we experience the cross, when we taste of the trials of this life, there is a temptation to walk away, to be able to turn away, to be able to avoid the sufferings and discomforts of this life as we walk in this valley of tears, carrying our crosses given to us by the Lord. It's a temptation to put them down and to try to feel lighter with things. But this is not what Christ would have us. This will not bring us joy. It will bring us sorrow. The joy is found in enduring and persevering and carrying these crosses. I'm reminded of an image of a religious community up in, in the Midwest. I forget, I forget exactly where they are, but I have the, the picture saved in my phone of their sanctuary. And it has the Lamb of Revelation, the Lamb which is Christ, the Lamb that is standing there who is, who is alive and yet slain. He is standing there alive, but he's got the wound in his side and the blood is pouring forth from his, from his side into the chalice. And around the Lamb are the simple words, wounded, I will never cease to love. Wounded, I will never cease to love. And this is who Jesus is. He's the one who, although he is wounded, never ceases to love us. Although that we are the ones who are the source of his sorrows and sufferings, both physical and spiritual, he never ceases to love us. He never turns back on us. He never gives up on us. He never withholds his mercy from us if we are willing to seek it and to ask for it. He is wounded, and yet he never ceases to love us, but continues to go forth again and again and again, knowing that more wounds will come that it will not be the end of his suffering. He bears it all patiently with us, and as such, he would invite us to do the same. To be able to come and to bear the crosses of this life, to bear the wounds within our own body and within our own soul is a challenge for us, but indeed we must bear them. St. Paul, writing to Timothy, encouraged him and exhorted him. He says, bear your, bear your share of the sufferings for the sake of the gospel. Bear your, sake of the, your share of the sufferings for the sake of the gospel. We all have crosses as we carry them through this life to be able to, to give power to the, to, the, to the Lord in this world, but also in ministering in his church. All of us have a place, and sometimes we will have physical, uh, physical marks upon our flesh because of the things we have done for the name of Jesus. But there will also be marks upon our soul where if we have given of ourselves generously, as Christ tells us to, if we have loved others, it will cost us. Sometimes that love will be betrayed. Sometimes the love is, is, is found that, that there is something missing on the other side. Scandals will happen in the church, persecutions in the church. We will experience wounds from those who should love us the most in the church. And yet, all of these, born for Jesus, bear much fruit. We must carry crosses. Our Lord tells us the same in the gospel. He says he is sending the disciples out as wolves among, as sheep among wolves. In other words, they are going to be wounded. 
They're going to be attacked. They will suffer, and they will suffer greatly. But, as St. Peter would tell us, he who perseveres to the end will be saved. It is his perseverance that we must have in carrying the crosses, not to set them down when we experience the wounds, not to walk away from Christ, not to walk away from his church, but to suffer still and to continue to persevere in seeking after him, to bear all of these things patiently as Jesus has first borne them. And this is not something we can do ourselves. We must have Jesus. We must have his grace. St. Paul tells us this himself as well. He says, it is no longer I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. It is not he himself in his own strength that is able to be able to go forth and to carry out these missions, to endure these sufferings, to bear the cross, and ultimately to experience the taste of the sword in his martyrdom. It is only Christ who can do such. It is only Christ who can do such in us. And so Mother Church invites us today to remember the font of that nourishment for us, the font of grace that is given to us. It's our first reading. Isaiah, the great prophet of old, the one who comes and is prophesying and speaking about the restoration of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, which is the one that is, is the, the city that, that had been ransacked on several occasions as people came to, uh, to be able to, to exile the people um, all over in foreign, in foreign empires and to be able to gain control, and that the city itself falling apart. It had to be restored. It had to be rebuilt. They said, one day you will have comfort once again in Jerusalem. Israel, Isaiah speaks of this. And he says, he encourages them that looking forward to the day where they will, well, they will uh, drink fully of the milk of her comfort, where they will nurse with delight at her abundant breasts. Using this, this maternal imagery, that indeed the, the Jerusalem was seen as a mother, and our church is seen as a mother as well. And we will nurse with delight at her abundant breasts, which are the sacraments. The sacraments give us the life of Christ, that sweet milk that nourishes our, not only our bodies, but also our soul. If we are to live, we must have food. If our soul is to live, we must have Christ as our food. And thus we come, week after week, nourishing ourselves, or being nourished rather, by our mother, the church, with the, with the presence of Christ, the Eucharist, to continually to, to find refuge in the, the sacred heart of Jesus and to be able to be washed in his precious blood in the confessional, to be able to live daily our baptismal call, the gift of confirmation, holy matrimony, to live these sacramental graces are to know the presence of the Lord that is to be our strength in all the other things. We will experience the marks of Jesus in our body. Even more, we will experience them in our soul if we are willing to love like him. But in the end, it is worth it because we will have Christ. And so as we offer this holy mass is to rejoice that our mother, the church, feeds us once more, her children. She offers to us an abundance of grace in the sacraments. It is for us to receive it and to look forward to receiving it again and again and again, that on the day where the Lord calls us to himself, we might be able to make his words our own and truly tell him, Lord, wounded, I never ceased to love.